and great. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. This is another episode of Off the Wire. I'm Matt Wireman, and I have the pleasure of having Makoto Fujimura uh, in the, uh, I guess, in the virtual studio, as it were. You are, he, he is in Pasadena, California, while I am in South Carolina. And uh, if you don't know uh, who Mako is, he is the founder of the I Am Culture Care and the Fujimura Institute, and as well as just recently co-founded the Kitsungi uh, Academy. Did I, did I pronounce that right, Mako? That's, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. okay, great. Uh, and so he has got a studio on both coasts. And so he is navigating uh, both time zones, both in Princeton, as well as in Pasadena. And so we are really privileged to have him on the podcast today. So thank you so much, Mako, for your time and for, for uh, being willing to do this. Yeah, it's great to be. It's great to be here. Thank you, Matthew. Great. Thank you. So, a lot of uh, our podcast is going to be revolving around this book that that Mako wrote called Culture Care. And if you haven't got a hold of it, it was published in 2017. Uh, is really, it, it seems like in a lot of ways the 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 seed for what you are wanting to do long term. Namely, you, you can kind of trace the. I mean, this has probably always been part of who you are, but this has mm-hmm. been an explicit. Uh, explanation of what you are seeking to do through your art and everything. Would that would that be accurate? Yeah, culture care uh, came came about uh, compiling all these lectures I've done since uh, 2002, 2003, uh, advocating for the arts and creativity and imagination. And and I was at the time, um, I was appointed by President Bush to be on the National Council on the Arts, which is um, uh, basically a volunteer position, but it was it was to guide US agencies, uh, National Endowment for the Arts to spend uh, its funding, taxpayer funding wisely. Um, So I work with then chair Dana Joya, to a uh, poet and business executive uh, who, who was a very effective chairman. Um, and I had this privilege of traveling the country and traveling the world with him, and in, in some cases being sent out by him to represent U.S. arts agencies. So I had a lot of time on the air to think about these things. And sometimes I would lecture to a very broad audience, um, not just the church audience, but um, you know, arts groups and so forth, uh, and and I began to think about cultural stewardship in the in the perspective of rather than from a perspective of culture wars, which mm. Christians are known for. Mm-hmm. Um, what if we began to call what we are doing in terms of stewardship cultural care? Um, so I write in a book that uh, my culture care book that uh, culture is not a territory to be fought over um, to see who wins and who loses, but it is instead a garden to steward together um, to prepare the soil. Uh, It's an environment, it's it's an ecosystem to preserve and take care of. Um, And that approach, was taken at the highest level and and we found it very effective even though it was at the height of cultural war days where you know everybody seemed to be fighting over scarce limited resource environments Uh, but as artists and poets we have a lot to say about abundance and so 
you can reframe uh, humanity that way. And I felt that this was important for the church to understand. So I began to think theologically about um, all of this as I was um, presenting these cases. And my next book, Theology of Making, is the theological uh, bedrock for cultural care. And so that's coming out in the fall uh, from right. Yale, Yale Press. So, um, yeah, so that, that's the history, brief that's history exciting. of culture care. No, that's, that's <laughs> exciting. No, that, that's one of the things. I, I, this, I, I would love to hear you just reflect on that dichotomy between culture care and culture wars. And mm-hmm. you, you alluded to the fact that culture wars uh, stem from people vying for limited resources. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can you just like for a church, yeah. you know, so many churches, like, like you already said, uh, that, that typically is not what the church is known for is caring right. and, and bridging to the uh, culture at large. Can you just kind of reflect on that a little bit on sure. how, how sure. those two things relate and the questions we should be asking? Yeah. So culture wars was a term coined by uh, sociologist James Davidson Hunter. Uh, it was it, even late uh, 70s and the 80s, he began to use this term. He never expected this, this term to uh, take on such a life of its own. Um, in, in the book, Culture Wars, uh, uh, James talk, talks about how uh, the polarities that they are experiencing, even even at the time uh, when he wrote the uh, thesis, um, uh, you know, between let's say blue state and uh, red states, um, will cause a paralysis of um, even how we talk about democracy. And um, if it goes um, um, as uh, as both sides will attest to now, um, there's not only a paralysis, but a complete breakdown of what liberalism is and conservatism mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And he, he predicted this in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in a time where, uh, unfortunately, what he has predicted has come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only there is a propensity to um, have every political discussion or every social discussion be framed around the assumption of scarcity, mm-hmm. um, which culture wars arise out of. It's a basically an industrial Darwinian model. Um, and if you are uh, on, on the uh, you know, elders board of church or vestry, um, you spend most of your time talking about scarcity rather than mm-hmm. abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the best way, perhaps the most clear and most shocking way to think about this is that we talk about in Christian discipleship, Galatians 5, the, um, being filled with the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, um, and so forth, and self-control. So we spend a lot of time talking about this from the pulpit, um, in trying to implement this into our lives, um, having Sunday schools teach us what that may look like individually. Uh, so we have to ask ourselves, um, how is that manifest into the culture of the church? How does the world see the church? Mm. And perhaps broadly, as I was 
doing as a national council member, how is that manifested into a culture, American culture? And, yeah, uh, and what's the diagnosis? What's <laughs> well, well, you, you know, you think about it. Um, how does a typical person mm. see the church today? Yeah. Do they see lo- do they see love or do they see hatred? Mm. Do they see joy or do, do do they see fear? Do they see patience or do they see anger? Do they do they see self control or mm. this unbridled sense of uh, you know loss of control? Um, dominated by anxiety and fear. And if that's the case, then anything that we've done individually for discipleship has not translated mm. into a broader community. Um, you know, it, 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 you can even argue that it hasn't really translated into our family dynamics. Um, and so what does that tell us? I, I think it tells us that whatever discipleship is doing, it has not accomplished what it's supposed to do. And it has not borne out the fruit of Mm. the spirit. So theologically, there's something to be examined there, but uh, practically in Mm. terms of communal practices, there's something to be. Mm -hmm. So I tend to think that artists are way ahead of uh, society Mm. in how they the songs that they write, the, the plays that they produce, the movies that comes out of Sundance or, you know, art that is produced, they tend to speak about these issues first. Um, so they're, they're diagnostic tools, as it were, um, that tells the health of a culture. And we have seen, I think, um, and the culture wars battles enlist these artists, conscript them to the front lines. So you, you know, if you're an artist, you you know that you have experienced something of mm. trauma by being taken over, hijacked by culture wars rhetoric um, uh, about our work, whether you're you know, conservative or uh, 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 liberal or whatever the stripe you are. You are. Um, and in, in a battle, Darwinian struggle of who gets to win, um, artists tend to be cast aside because they either uh, are conscripted to the front lines or uh, they are marginalized mm-hmm. you know in in the in the borderlands and and mm-hmm. and yet these artists tend to be the ones to speak the truth prophetically uh in, back into culture uh they're the canary uh, of the coal mines of culture mm-hmm. um you know they smell the poison and sing and um when they are singing therefore we have to understand like why uh, sometimes they're screaming and oftentimes um, they uh, suffer in the process too don't they 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 are they are dying because mm-hmm. of the toxicity in the air mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um uh, true pure artists are often endangered in that mm-hmm. sense by you know not only marginalized by society but they are highly susceptible mm-hmm. to the toxic air or culture so my advocacy for them is 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 to protect them and to preserve them um, in, in some way that you know creating you can't really change culture uh, at large um, you know you but you can create community and you can uh, see 
these fruit of the spirit manifested in 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 the community. So I, I've seen that um, um, with with my fellows program. I've seen that in so many ways that uh, even at the NEA level, we we've seen that uh, the programs that we implemented through the work to create um, a joyful um, uh, community of abundance and artists are very good at this uh, and yet you know it's, it's not something that the church is very good at yeah it sounds like you're wanting to change the conversation from what differs as to what do we have in common like mm-hmm. so so you've made mention that that yes. artists uh, are able to find common ground with other artists and they're not asking the question first, Hey, are you a Christian or are you not a Christian? They're asking the question is what is beautiful and how can right. we and, highlight what is beautiful? Right. And there's common grace and common curse, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's, mm-hmm. there's uh, both, both operating cultures. So some, something of cultural trauma can mm-hmm. become a common ground as well, you know, mm-hmm. not just to the positive side, uh, but also negative side. That that tends to be more true mm-hmm. today, that everybody is mm-hmm. going through some sort of trauma. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever, you know, whether it be coronavirus or, you know, uh, gun violence or whatever they may be, um, it triggers, you know, Kobe's uh, death. I mean, these things trigger mm-hmm. something in us that, um, that frighten us uh, much deeper than, mm-hmm. you know, something that um, we would assume uh, to be immediate. You know, um, all, all these things that we're frightened by are not immediate to us mm-hmm. a lot of times, but we, we tend to end up... Um, being being deeply affected and changing our behavior based on that and and that shows how incredibly important it is to uh, understand our common traumas and mm-hmm. and to be able to have some way to share that uh, to uh, enter into those fragmentations as it were um, and and the arts tend to be uh, really the best way to do this yeah, you use the word abundance, and even at the very beginning, speaking about this, the the, the dichotomy between scarcity and abundance, and mm-hmm. and really what yeah. you're seeking to do through your uh, movement through the through the I am Culture Care movement mm-hmm. is to focus on the abundance piece. I, I found out mm-hmm. I love I'm trying to to grow a yard uh, here yeah. here, here yeah. at my home, yeah. and I found yeah. out that the best way to get to keep weeds away is to have yes. a really thick, abundant grass that, That's right. that, that keeps the weeds away as opposed to loading a whole bunch of fertilizer to kill the weeds, right? And so right. And, in, yeah. in some ways, what, what, what you're doing is you are saying, let's, let's focus on the abundance and, and, and these things that we have in common and, and try to crowd out the bad stuff through, the, th- right. through, through what we can do together jointly. Yeah, so, you know, best way to keep the weeds away is to grow more That's right. <laughs> good, That's good right. things right and yep. and um but you know when we don't do that or if if it's not taken care of mm-hmm. you know if you don't if you don't aerate the air you know That's you're true. gonna yep. you're it's a soil you're gonna have mm-hmm. a lot of weeds um mm-hmm. and and so it's all about the soil and it's mm-hmm. it's not really um e- even about trying to you know like super grow these tomatoes or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, but I think 
you know, all these things apply very well to culture, right? If we look at culture as a soil um, that we share in common, you know, let's say it's a community garden or even, even the effect of pesticides, if you, if you use it on your grass, that's going to affect your neighbors. That's going to affect the bees, yeah, yeah. you know, that's going to affect the whole environment. So it's not just about us, but mm-hmm. we, we tend to fight culture wars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a way of, you know, let's say we, we, we see weeds that we want to kill. So we use pesticides of, you know, rhetoric to uh, this toxic rhetoric to try to decimate whatever we define the weed to be. And we end up killing the whole environment mm. um, and, and shooting ourselves in the foot because the next time around, there are no bees around. So there, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, flowers, there's no fruit. <laughs> and, yep. and then we blame the other side for that, right? Yep. So, so, so mm-hmm. we blame like, you know, and, and there's, it, it really mm. decimates. So what, what's important to understand about culture care, culture war, Mm-hmm. is that no one wins culture wars. Yep. We, yep. we decimate the very turf mm-hmm. that we are standing on. And so very soon, very quickly, uh, what happens is you begin to defend things that you never thought you had to defend mm-hmm. because you just demonize the other side or mm-hmm. you know, created pesticides that kill so many things that may, may end in immediate results that you may win. Mm. at that point. Um, mm. but, but you ultimately lose. What do you think is at root of why people fight <laughs> these kind of things? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, what, what, what is it root? I mean, within humanity to yeah. say, you know what, I'm going to win over you. I mean, you've mentioned Darwinian, you know, yeah, theory and sure. those kind of, but like, what, what do you think is it within us in, in your interactions with f- folks when you're trying to pitch this idea of, Hey, can we not, Focus on this. Let's focus on what we have in common. It's like, well, what happens if X or yeah. if Y happens? Well, like- uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the uh, simple answer began in uh, Garden of Eden, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and, and uh, how how we tend to want to uh, be in control of, of our destiny to be to be gods as gods ourselves and mm-hmm. to um, be be able to answer this, these bigger questions that we have no you know, no business trying to answer. Um, who are we and mm-hmm. uh, and wh- where are you, God asks Adam. Um, that That's a good question. Like, where are we? And we, we are lost in our yeah. own mire of trying to do what is best, perhaps, but we tend to ignore the um, both the reality of how God created the world. So Jesus comes. In, in the Palestine uh, arid, scarce mm. battlegrounds, okay? So he is preaching on sermon, you know, his sermon on the mount uh, near Capernaum, the hills of uh, Galilee. And that is literally called the Armageddon Valley because the trade routes west, uh, you know, east, south, north congregates. And that's the place where everybody wants to fight over. Right, so there are these uh, fishermen and and agrarian farmers. They are trying to do their best to create abundance, and yet all they see is scarcity. Mm-hmm. Battles around that the people are fighting, not only fighting over the turf, but they are fighting over them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't care about mm-hmm. the residents. So Jesus comes, starts talking about abundance. Mm-hmm. You know, he says. 
yeah. pay attention to consider the lilies you know to pay, uh, look at the birds of the air and and, and this is a uh, jordan basin where um i just you know went three times in the last two years uh thinking about this but jordan basin is the largest uh migratory path for migrating birds in the world uh from europe to mozambique there are millions of birds that fly over that um, so when Jesus says, you know, consider, the, uh, look at the birds of the air, he's look not just all of them. So yeah, yeah <laughs> he's not just talking about a sparrow flying yeah. over you. He's, <laughs> he's talking about mm. millions of storks that are flying over. Yeah. You know, if they don't, if they don't get shot, you know, shot down by Syrian soldiers as target <laughs> practice, um, they still go back and forth every year. And that's what Jesus is saying. Look, you think that a scarcity, you know, is, is, is the framework through which you have to survive. Um, that may be true um, in, in terms of what you face every day, but God's world is created in abundance. Mm. Therefore, you need to look up or look down and, and realize that I am here to mm. usher in the new creation in which abundance breaks out of the old uh, fractured earth. Right. So, so this is, this is a new presence of, um, of, of the Messiah who uh, will not only come to take on our sins and um, take the punishment for that, but, but is, is ushering in the new creation. So, so the abundance is what Jesus came to bring, the feast, um, yeah. uh, you know, at the end of time, but feast that is now, you know, in Christ we are new creation. So we are being filled with that mm. abundance now if you faith, if you, through faith, you can follow, following Christ is, is a journey toward new creation, journey toward abundance. And, and therefore we, if, if we are Christians, uh, if we claim to be a follower of Christ, then we have to live in that abundance now. That's what Jesus is saying on the Sermon on the Mount. He's, he's telling, he's, look, bring your fishes and loaves. Let's see what happens in the model of abundance. Yeah. You think it's just tiny little lunch, you know, mm -hmm. a boy brings. But no, it, in the model of abundance, that becomes, get, that gets multiplied. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we call that a miracle. But, you know, any kind of community, true community, we experience that. Mm -hmm. um, and any kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, artistic gathering, a jazz ensemble playing, um, you know, and, and it's the most diverse group of people you ever see on stage. And, and you know, they, they, they don't get paid that much to do this, <laughs> but there is a great yeah. abundance that yeah. is being given to us as a sheer gift, you know, in, in the world. That's true of theater, that's true of poetry. Um, and and that, that is why I think, you know, yeah. when, when I talk about cultural care, um, it is a theological, biblical work, even though I may not talk about that yeah. at all. Um, it, I, I believe that it's, in fact, all of education, what we call liberal arts education, is all about this. Mm -hmm. It's about the assumption of abundance in, in, in the world of scarcity yeah. and how we can train our minds and hearts to grow as human beings so we can create and believe that there's abundance mm -hmm. in, in, in the very battles that, you know, battle zones that we, we, we have to live in. That is so good. Yeah, because, I mean, just, yeah, looking just only at the 
only at the biblical text you see that you know the spirit who's poured out in abundance mm-hmm. you know it's overflowing right. i came not to just do away with the law and prophets but to fulfill and to, to, right. to pour out right. my spirit in abundance on on god's people yeah. that's that's really beautiful yeah. because it seems like even within your segment of where you are serving um mm-hmm. that artists seem to be uniquely positioned to see mm-hmm. this kind mm-hmm. of abundance. You alluded, you, mm-hmm. you, men, you mentioned mm-hmm. jazz musicians, you mentioned mm-hmm. collaborative efforts. And I mean, you see mm-hmm. that even in our community here in Greenville, South Carolina, that there is mm-hmm. a, a willingness to share what you have as opposed yes. to competition. You know, the, right. the most beautiful right. things happen in our arts community mm-hmm. when you have mm-hmm. collaborations between folks of different media. Yes. Right. Yes. Amen. Um, yes. And, and I, I, you, you mentioned and you've already mentioned Genesis, you know, three, mm-hmm. the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you say in culture care that you seek to repair the rift and, and, and mm-hmm. you mentioned it with culture wars. And what what is that rift that you're speaking? Are you speaking at just a base base level of yeah. sin or is there something more uh, nuanced that, that you're trying to go after and repairing the rift? Well, I, I think. You can address that from an individual level. I think all of us in um, in our journey of life has experienced this fracture, and and uh, we struggle, um, just uh, personally struggle with, um, you know, things that are less than ideal, you know. But but as far as our community, you see it abundance evidence i mean yeah. you can watch the debates tonight you know and, and really really understand what they find a different way from different perspective right no matter where you stand on a political spectrum you are trying to address the rift and divide uh, you know and and how you define it uh, actually is very important and this is part of what the artists do very well is they objectify that understanding definition of a rift right so so you can't really go you know away from um you know watching parasite (laughs) you know the movie that won the oscars Mm -hmm. right that that, you can't walk away from that without understanding in some sense our own role in society even though it's a korean film and it's Mm -hmm. subtitled all that you 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 can't you know any kind of film any kind of you know you you listen Mm -hmm. to the artist sing you know and what she is writing about is Mm -hmm. is fundamentally what the teens young youth are experiencing Mm -hmm. that rift yeah and she's she's giving it a voice she's naming it right mm-hmm. so so it's important for us to listen and understand that without trying to fix it without mm-hmm. trying to you know i i do talk about repairing but i i uh, often use the word mending rather mm-hmm. than fixing it because fixing it is kind of an industrial obsession you know we we want to fix mm-hmm. everything uh to make it function right um and and that, that may be okay in, in, in a world in which the roles are very clear and defined, you know. So we need good plumbers and we need good people yeah. to fix the pipes. But we have to also talk about what is going through the pipes. And we have to also understand that, you know, there is a greater purpose for, for which we are created to, you know, uh, live into. Uh, and that's a process. Um, and what art does is actually name those riffs um, and helps us. So, so when we hear a song um, and 
something awakens in us, let's say, when you see a movie or when you see, uh, you know, uh, art, you, you see Van Gogh's paintings and it, it, something awakens in us, something is stirred. And that something tends to be, uh, some, you know, experience or uh, riffs in us that is unnamed, perhaps at that moment. And that art begins to name that for us. And we, we can kind of rely on artists to understand ourselves, understand what we're going through, but, um, and that tends to spread into communal areas, yeah, right? Yeah, so, could you could you give an example of what that looks like? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, you mentioned Parasite, yeah. the movie. So, like, so how does yeah. that happen? Because it's not through like some, this is what's wrong with, you know, it's not like a, an essay, but there's, there's right. using pictures. Yes. It's, it's almost apocalyptic yeah. in, in nature. It's using yes. imagery and, and, and feeling, like getting to a very yeah. root of who we so, are. So. Yeah, so in Parasite, what, what, what is a beautiful film, uh, uh, the sound is very important, right? So you have the mm-hmm. underground scene in which this, this entire family has to carve out their existence um, in without having anything, um, uh, you know, their own position. Uh, there's a scene in which there's a downpour rain and um, they're exiled from, um, you know, this wealthy class, uh, upper class level. Um, they're vacillating between, you know, what is high and low, but they are literally exiled in in between because of the storm right and what what is beautiful about that scene is 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 that in the sound of the rain um and and in this kind of marginalized exiled existence that this family you identify with that like there's, there's i don't think there's anybody who hasn't experienced that you know, you thought you were home and you were exiled mm-hmm. from your house somehow. You thought, you know, you had a community and you, you were, you know, somehow um, pushed out or, you know, you, you, you left yourself. And, and that kind of in-between place, right, where, where it, it's, it's, it's really uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, because you're, you're like, oh, I, you know, I remember how it, that felt, mm-hmm. you know you began to identify with the characters, right? Characters who are fraught in, in, in many, many ways, like imperfect human beings. But, but you begin to identify yourself. And that, you know, uh, Greta Gerwig said, you know, movies are empathy machines. You know, that creates empathy in us with characters that we may not have identified with when we started to watch the movie. And, and so what we should see uh, in a movie like that or uh, art or theater or whatever is, is wh- how our hearts are stirred. What does it, you know, uh, awaken in us? And, and if it, it's doing that, you have to follow it, even though it may be a little uncomfortable. Uh, because that what's happening is, um, well, this is the work of the spirit. The, and, and the spirit is operating in culture just as powerfully as any church worship service. And we have to recognize the work of the spirit there. Spirit doesn't read, read labels, uh, doesn't say, well, this is a Christian church, I should be here. 
no the spirit well, can, is going to be can can you yeah. can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit because sure, sure, people, sure, sure. people hear that and yes. and you know just even yeah. reflecting on how we've talked about culture wars people may bristle and like right. wait, wait 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 this you know god has revealed himself through jesus and the spirit how can you say that he's revealing himself in right. other things can you well the easiest way to say that is no one owns god right no one owns the spirit the spirit goes wherever the spirit wants to go spirit doesn't need us we are not like you know um, you know however christians see, feel about themselves we cannot um, say that the the sufficiency of god <laughs> you know we don't possess that right god is all sufficient god is self-sufficient god does not need us now this is this creates a lot of, uh, you know, pushback uh, because, well, but then, then <laughs> why do we exist? You know, what is the church's role in the world? Um, and, and I say to that, God doesn't need us, but God loves us. Uh, love is extravagant. Love is exuberant. Love invites the margins in. We are in the margins. We are homeless. We are invited by the king to be partake in the palace, in the feast. Mm -hmm. And we, we don't come with anything that we can offer, but God loves us, so God invites us. And if we can reframe how we view exactly. our identity, yep. then that can liberate us mm -hmm. from trying to fix the yeah. world and, and to loving the world yeah. as it is, as broken as it mm -hmm. is. And, you know, whatever the art form, it, it really helps us. And when I say that spirit doesn't read labels, what I mean is just because we branded something Christian, right? It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is in it. <laughs> you know, I can tell you, I've seen inside Christian music industry, it is just as ugly as the secular industry. Maybe worse because it's pretending to be holy. Yeah, the hypocrisy. Of, okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, and and that tells us right, and um, and it's true um, of Christian films. I'm not against Christian films. I'm not against Christian music. But when you label something as an adjective form yeah. to justify its existence, basically you're doing yeah. it. Um, if you really understand the mechanism of this, you're doing it so you can market this. Right. And and mm. it's a market device. It has nothing to do really with the the uh, fundamental function of Christianity in the world. I always say, you know, when people say, um, well, it's wonderful that you're a Christian artist. And I say, I'm not a Christian artist. And people are like, what? Well, you, you, you did the four holy gospels, you know, you, 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 you took part in the seminary. I mean, and I say, no, I'm a photo of Christ. To me, the word Christ is a noun. It's not an adjective. Mm -hmm. I don't label myself Christian because I don't, first of all, I don't need to, but, you know, because I am who I am, made in an image of God already. Uh, but I follow Christ. I, I will follow him till I die. I, mm -hmm. You know, I hope I can say that uh, truly. And therefore, Christianity is a noun to me. Um, it is in my blood. <laughs> flowing through me and and i don't want to use an adjective form of christian 
to justify whatever it is I'm doing. And I don't, I, and my art is in the world. I, I, I don't call it a Christian art because I want this to be a bridge to the people who may not even, you know, ever enter into the church. Yeah. And, and I'm not asking them to. Mm. I'm asking them to enter into the presence of the spirit. And, and if that happens, and it happens all the time in my exhibits, then I am, you know, able to commune with somebody who is outside of the faith structures and outside of these Christian labels. And I gain from that, <laughs> you know, so I'm being selfish when I say that. <laughs> uh, but Christ is present. I sense the Holy Spirit. You know, I spend every year going to Sundance Film Festival watching films made by non-Christians. And I am amazed every time how the Holy Spirit speaks through these non-believing, sometimes atheist artists. And they, they speak through because the medium itself, in order to create anything, is biased toward the creator, right? So the artist, the grand artist, is always at work through uh, dysfunctional broken human hearts but, but, and will speak into the world that way but marco i mean if if somebody <laughs> is not a christian and mm -hmm. and and you're experiencing the spirit of god i mean um aren't you not doing your christian duty to tell them the gospel <laughs> Like what, what do you right and and I do I I do man and, and uh, yeah I I I take the opportunity to speak about this abundance mm. and um, speak uh, you know as an ambassador mm. of, uh, of of this kingdom of abundance uh, that there is a feast coming there is a cosmic wedding coming and and therefore we need to be prepared um, I'm, I'm not shy about that but um, but at the same time what is the gospel right? We, we tend to think gospel as an information tool to fix the world. Um, mm -hmm. uh, gospel is all of the Bible from creation to new creation. And at the heart of it is, is the redemptive pulse of God to have sent Jesus to die for us, us, us and us, you know, to resurrect um, out of the grave. And uh, we, we can go through, you know, 40 days of Lenten season now to reflect on that that yes that's at the heart of the gospel but it is also a creation a new creation and the spirit can speak to us even though we may be you know um, out in nature hiking uh, spirit can sp speak to us in a uh, cinema or jazz club or uh, you know it, all these human way of making is already bias toward the sanctification of what God has created in yeah. the world. That's beautiful. Yeah, I was going to yeah, go to Psalm 19 and just say that the heavens yes. declare the glory of declare God. Declare the glory you know, of God. They're, they're constantly Amen. speaking, constantly speaking. Yes. And, yes. You know, even what, what you were articulating earlier about what have we done with our discipleship to where people yes. look at the church and they don't see love, joy, peace. They don't see the spirit at work yeah. because 
it, it almost, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like we yeah. have equated discipleship with more knowledge, more information. So mm-hmm. somebody may be able to exegete a passage and be able to yeah. understand it like right. a good Sadducee right. or Pharisee perhaps, yes. and then not really being able to see Jesus through that text, this industrialization yes. almost as it yes. were of yes. Christianity to where, oh, right. you're broken. I can fix you. Here's, here's, the, here's the widget that you need. It's called the gospel. That's right. And, and yes. it's, and it's been reduced down to something that fixes you as opposed to yes. you know, you're being plopped and you actually, but when you were born, even before you were born, you were being plopped in the middle of this redemptive story that captures people's hearts and imaginations more than just like, Oh, tell me how to fix me. It's like, well, I don't really feel broken, but if, if in art you can highlight, no, 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 we, we are, we are fragmented. We are torn. We are, we are broken people, not necessarily like I have the remedy as much as, you know, can, can you see God at work here and being able to mm-hmm. welcome people into that and taking the long view of, of seeing people's lives mended, uh, as you said, as opposed to yes. here, here's, here's your answer. You know, you found Jesus. There it is. Right. And there's, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with sharing the information yeah, of the gospel, yeah, but, exactly. but, but at the end of the day, it's, it, it is not um, the information that saves us. You know, it's yeah. Christ's presence that mm-hmm. saves us. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, that is palpable in, in, in culture at large, I, at least as, as far as, you know, I, I can experience that, uh, hopefully through the sanctified imagination that mm-hmm. the Spirit is, is, is giving us. So, you know, we have um, this amb- ambassadorial work to do yeah. to represent Christ in all spheres. And it's not just what we consume, but it's, mm-hmm. it's how we en- engage or interpret culture, understand cultural offerings as a gift, true gift from God, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to be able to, in some cases it's twisted, right? You, mm-hmm. you have idols all around us. Um, and, and those are things that Christians worry about, but you know, it's Christian's task to try to twist back the idol to its original intent, which is, you know, I, idols are my, my pastor, Tim Keller always says, you know, uh, idols are a good thing that became an only thing. And uh, that only thing can be twisted back into uh, a worship of a true God. Yeah. So one of the things that you see in art uh, is it's commoditization. Yeah. And and that's a constant struggle. I hear friends that are artists like, well, I got to make a living. (laughs) And so how do, if, if, if there's this prophetic voice that artists are supposed to have, how would you respond to somebody like, yes, please make a living, but to, to help counsel them or direct them to be yeah. to where they're not so constrained to just make money? Like, it, it seems yeah. disingenuous for, for folks that aren't artists to say, uh, well, you're not being true to your art because you need to sell it. Like, can, can you like wrestle with that? Yeah, a so, little bit? yeah. So I spend a lot of time with my fellows, you know, guiding them through uh, this navigating between the marketing of your work. You know, you are an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Yeah, you, yeah. you have to think about the business. And, uh, you know, if you want to uh, pay rent, you, you know, with your art. Um, but that's a different process. You know, mm-hmm. first of all, you have to grow as an artist. And in order to grow as an artist, you know, that, that means you have to find your pinhole. That, uh, you have to find your gift. And it is a gift. It is not 
you know, Lewis Hyde, uh, HYD wrote a book called The Gift. And I, that's, the, that's the first book that I give uh, when I mentor artists um, because he identifies as a, as a poet that um, art is fundamentally a gift. It is not a commodity. And if you turn it into a commodity, you can, but you have to understand the impact that that's going to have on, the, on your soul, on your art. And you can't keep doing it because it is you deserve the very thing that God has given you as a gift, mm-hmm. as a free gift to be given into the world. And and so that that na- navigation takes somewhat, uh, you know, case by case. Each person is different. Uh, each medium is different. Um, but but I do mm-hmm. spend a lot of time talking about that. Yeah, I've heard an entrepreneur say that money is the result of you serving more people. And so mm-hmm. if people resonate with mm-hmm. what you're, mm-hmm. what you're communicating, your prophetic voice as an artist, then they're going yeah. to want to uh, exchange money for that, to be able to, to bring that into their that's, own lives. That's a natural uh, residual effect. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, cultural capital, what you make, your music, your art is far more important than money mm. because it, it, it gives life to so many ways. Um, I call it cultural capital and social capital, but you know, it, it flows into other capitals that are infinite. Mm. Uh, financial material capital are limited. Yep. Yep. Artists uh, can maximize mm-hmm. whatever they're given. You know, I, you know, I always say, if I, if I had a hundred bucks, who would I give it to? Yeah. Artists, mm. because they would use it the best to create something tangibly mm-hmm. far more valuable. Go buy a canvas enduring. and some ink. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and so so those those are mm. principles of being an artist that like a lot of artists don't realize that they already live in abundance, mm. even though they struggle with scarcity. <laughs> and and so yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's high end or it's parasite. You know, yeah, it's both yeah, and and yeah. and you you can actually begin to merge the two under your discipline of being an artist and, and yeah. artists who are good at this, they do that and they create far more capital that they ever thought they could. Um, and therefore it's invaluable to businesses. Mm. Right. I mean, this mm. is this mm. is the capital that every business is looking mm. for, mm. but can't have because they are transactional. Yeah. And yeah. That's so good. Re- yeah. Yeah. Artists have refused to live in that model. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's actually happened to be more biblical. Yeah. It's humanizing <laughs> so, people. It's humanizing our, yes. our existence and our yes. experience and everything. Yeah. 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 You, and you, and so um, you you know before we. Uh, Finish this. I, I do want to mention that I've launched Kintsugi Academy. Yes. Uh, you know, Kin is uh, K-I-N. It's gold in Japanese. Tsugi is uh, T-S-U-G-I. It's, it means to mend. And it's this venerable tradition, Japanese tradition of mending broken bowls mm-hmm. um, using Japan lacquer and gold. But I've been working with a Kintsugi master who, after the uh, 3-11 tsunami and earthquake of Japan, developed this technique of um, using pure methods, but uh, making it more accessible to people. So in two and a half hours, you can come and do a workshop and and be part of of this mending process. And what's beautiful about Kintsugi is that the resulting bowl that you have mended with gold is far more valuable than the original. 
so it's literally a, uh, um, you know new creation uh, that you get to do by your you know with your hands and I launched this Kensuke Academy because you know cultural care is hard to grasp sometimes yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's kind of nebulous you know macro thing but Kintsugi is very, very specific and anybody <laughs> yeah. can do this. He developed this so children of affected areas in tsunami, uh, orphan children can do it themselves. Mm. Um, so, you know, we teach that. We have been teaching, uh, training some leaders um, and hopefully by the fall we'll have enough of them to, uh, you know, spread and you know, creating video resources and so forth. So this is, this is a way into culture care. And how and and it had uh, I called it Uber for artists because you know artists <laughs> are the ones that are best to yeah. do this um, because they understand the craft and they you know they know how to use their hands and um, and and so I've been training artists who need jobs <laughs> to do these workshops because so they can get paid to do it in between gigs you know and and then they 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 can further this message of mending toward the new yeah. rather than fixing, you know, this message of culture care into the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, and I, I wanted to ask you, how, how would someone find it, find out about how to yeah, be involved? So we in have that? A, yeah. So we have Instagram and Twitter uh, accounts, Academy Kintsugi. Okay. Um, and you, um, if you follow that, you will, you will see all of our workshops coming up. Um, it won't be starting until the summer, but we're preparing training leaders for that. So follow us on Academy Kintsugi and uh, we, we will uh, keep you updated. And you're, and you're on Instagram as I am Fujimura, right? Yes, correct. And correct. How, how else, if somebody wanted to find out more about you and how to, how to be oh, involved man. in what you're doing? So, yeah, so I am Culture Care International Culture Arts Care. Movement. Mm-hmm. You know, has a website that that um, and we'll put that in the show notes and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. And and also my own website, makotofujimura.com. My works are regularly shown in Waterfall Mansion in New York City. Mm-hmm. People can sign up for tours on Saturdays that they do. I think now it's Fridays and Saturdays. Um, so if, if if people want to see actual pieces that I've done, including the Four Holy Gospels. It's future there that this is a huge project that i did in 2011 mm-hmm. to commemorate the 400th anniversary of king james bible and it was a commission uh, five large paintings and 89 letters and 148 pages of illuminations um so that 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 is being featured a waterfall uh, for a while now yeah so. my wife got me that for christmas one year it's incredible oh wow yeah it's incredible awesome. so i love awesome. it and let me let me ask you um one last yeah. question like if somebody yeah. if they're a brick mason, they're a yes. trash man, they're a lawyer, yes. they're a Lawyer. doctor, how how does this translate this culture care? How can someone who's not in the arts be be proactive in pursuing culture care? Yeah, I, I always say everybody's an artist until third grade, you know. <laughs> and, and then somebody yeah. tells you you're not and yeah. you believe yeah. them. Yeah. Um, you know, artists uh, those stubborn ones that refuse to believe what the <laughs> teacher said, right? Yep. Uh, no, but all seriousness aside, I, I really believe that. I really believe that everyone is um, has a capacity for beauty and mercy. Mm. And these are two things that Darwinian universe uh, mm. cannot account for. Beauty uh, they, and mercy. They, you know, beauty, beauty and mercy, because they, they, they don't help you to survive. In fact, they, they, they work against your survival. 
you know, for those Christians, gratuitous. In, yeah, it's, yeah it's, so yeah. those Christians intentionally going to, yeah. you know, ch- uh, part of China that has been infected by coronavirus, uh, they're yeah. Christians who are going in there today and, and they're risking their lives. So that doesn't make sense. You know, like, why don't you want to protect yourself, right? And, mm-hmm. and yet they, these are Christians going into India and, and you know, um, rescuing sex, you know, traffic girls mm-hmm. out of their, you know, very dangerous act, act of rescue. Why would they do that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I find these acts of mercy to be beautiful, yeah. right? So, yeah. so whether you're a plumber or whether you're, you know, whatever, we can use the gifts that God has given us and to serve the world um, and, and, and be extravagantly beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that is a call that all of us have. So mm-hmm. we are all God's artworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are collectively God's masterpieces uh, created in Christ Jesus to do hard work of um, you know justice and mercy uh, bringing uh, joy into lives of people that can't have them right now mm. so you know um, artists yes we we are in the business of creating beauty but but it, it's to fight back against the scarcity model remind us right when you know holocaust survivors yeah. uh there's documentation of those who survive mm. somehow were able to do theater somehow we're able to have humor in in the midst of darkness mm. somehow we're able to play music um, so art is not just extra fluff you know yeah. it's absolutely mm. necessary for survival yeah um in the scarcity ridden times and fear-filled times that we live in I think it's becoming more and more evident that mm. unless you can tell a better story about mm. who we are and what we are made to be, um, we will not survive this. Mm. You know, uh, I, I know that as an artist who, you know, who can have a propensity to go into darkness. Mm. I know that myself. I, I have to believe in the narrative that God has given me um, and, and live in that narrative, live in that story. Um, because um, I know, you know, given myself, I'm limited, right, to um, fall short of that, fall short of the glory of God. And that reality always is in front of me as I wrestle against darkness and my own sense Mm -hmm. of inadequacy Mm -hmm. to create gratuitous beauty into the world. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, and I was wondering thank if you, you could do us the, the pleasure of closing us in, with a word of prayer. Absolutely. Thank you so I'll, much. I'll be happy to. Thank yes. Um, Father, we praise you as an artist, grand, grand great artist of extravagance and beauty and gratuitous love for us. Uh, we want to honor you this day and to follow you wherever you will have us go uh, to the ends of the earth uh, to uh, proclaim your justice, your mercy, your beauty and to places of scarcity and darkness and uh, fear-ridden, anxiety-filled places. Um, empower us to do that because we do not know how to do that or have the power to do that but guide us today in small ways, whispers um, of your spirit into our hearts that is illumined um, uh, as, an, as an ember of uh, hope 
um, I, I pray for everyone listening that that is true um, this day um, as, as, as your spirit follows us and opens the door for us. Um, may we have the courage to open that, to take the risk of faith, to jump and fly into the unknown. And um, uh, Father, also give us communities that will allow us to have, take that risk, to be courageous, to fail often um, in, in light of the context of your love and allow us to grow um, as artists of your kingdom. So I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Mako. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's good to see you. Good.